Blog Talk Radio. Turnbuckle, Turnbuckle fans, welcome to the show on another Sunday afternoon. Sound Guy and QT with you like usual. Real fast before we jump into it with the guests, if you're looking for some pro wrestling today, NYWC Wrestling in Deer Park, New York, and in Muncie, Indiana, old wrestling happening today. For the fans that were going to attend World's Finest Wrestling due to Circumstances with the building That show was forced to be Canceled for today so no world's Finest wrestling but They should be back Soon But without any further ado I want to Welcome our guest back To the show one of our Favorite guests that we have Whenever he is available Rampage Radisson Welcome back to the show thank you so much For being here no problem, guys. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Now, since your last visit with this, like about a, a year ago nearly, uh, things have slowly started to creep back into more of a normal routine for the independent pro wrestling world. We've seen more and more shows opening up, things getting back to normal. From your own perspective and from the shows that you've been doing, how do things look to be going since we've gotten a little bit back to the regular routine? Um, well, you know, in a weird sense, I think it's gotten better. Um, I, I don't, I, the best way I can explain it, I guess, is my sense, uh, Wrestling world has kind of 
been a little bit up and down for the last year and a half, like we were saying, but a lot of people within the business have been taking the time to sort of reinvent themselves a little bit. A lot of people got new gear. A lot of people were reaching out to areas they've never been to try to just branch out a little bit. Uh, people trying to sort of make changes in their wrestling career with the layoff happening. Did you personally do anything during the layoff? I know you weren't out as long as a lot of people in different areas, but did you like do any significant changes for your own personal career? I mean, I, I, um, I had fought at more, more products, so I purchased my products, more rampage products, and pushed it out, uh, created a, um, web page for people to purchase my products, uh, which is currently down right now, um, I'm putting up more products, and I feel like, um, renovations on that website now. It was, I was the one who was doing it, and look, I'm pretty internet savvy, I'm pretty internet smart, but I might find something, I might find somebody who do something better, that's what I'm going to do. So I took it down for the time being to make the product up and to make it look faster. Um, so I put, I've, I've added to my product line a different um, brand name, which I've had a purchase. Um, I did um, expand my gear to what I did too. So right before COVID, during COVID, I should say, I was during that time period, started wearing a, well, I call it a rockstar jacket. I bring a whole good friend that changed the crowd. So I kind of asked them thing. And actually, a lot of people here I've recently uh, like the chain or the jacket, and I'm like, One of the things that a lot of people do after they've been in wrestling for a number of years like you have is they will usually attempt to start promoting their own shows and sort of work for themselves a bit. I know you have been a booker in several places before, which is kind of a similar idea, but not really the promoter, the head boss type. Have you ever considered getting into the promotional aspect of the business? Uh, I, I mean, I personally, I personally, 
I've, I've preferred it as time as a curtain, as a entertainer, um, as a wrestler. Um, uh, I'm not saying I had a little bit of a run with a couple organizations where they had me um, do booking for them, or they had um, people uh, like be in charge of this, be in charge of that. I was, but ultimately, I, um, I that 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 I never really wanted to be in those roles, which is. A lot of people say I have a lot of good ideas and I'm implement them, but they don't actually have them. So what I'm thinking is that maybe that's why they put me in the position to figure out what I'm thinking so they can uh, get those ideas uh, implemented moving forward. So I just, I, I, I would prefer just to be the uh, worker and not the, uh, not the uh, worker and whatnot. But, I mean, I don't have a problem with it either. Um, I had the times where people were like, oh, man, I just need this and that. And certain organizations have came to me. And can you find me a really good detail talent? Can you find me a really good detail talent? All right, cool, I'll do that. You know, and I'll minutes later have one. Um, but ultimately, I just, I prefer just being that person that's back there doing the, going up there with it, to me, it's just more, it's less stressful and more relaxing. I could definitely see it being much less stressful not having to promote the show. One of the promotions that was kind of near and dear to a lot of people in Indiana, if they are old enough to recall it, is the PWI, which was ran by Dan Garza. It had television locally in Indianapolis and a lot of the better known independent wrestlers from that area came through there at some point in time or another as someone that might have been at the age where they could have caught that did you ever get a chance to go to PWI shows or watch the television or anything like that um, at the time when I was training with um, my trainer, his name was uh, Kim Gordon. Uh, you know him as a voucher. Um, here at CCW. Um, and at the time, uh, PWI was going to have the shows. And so uh, there's a couple times where voucher uh, would go uh, uh, try to suggest that, hey, I got extra talent. I mean, I'm still new to business with my brain. Hey, I got extra talent. If you guys want to, this is like when it really started back up. Not the original, but like '95, '96 era. So like talking like 2007 bar shows. Um, so I, that version is the version I uh, had an opportunity at, but then I was green and they always had somebody there, so I never got the opportunity to be participate in those shows. Uh, but I've seen. Uh, uh, Marcus Fine, who's the biggest uh, wrestling fan in the state of Indiana, I've seen a lot of his um, posters he pulled up. It's been posted for about a month five. Um, I've seen uh, just the ones that Garza pulled up for five months I see those. As, as, I mean, it looks, it's really star studded. I mean, definitely seen like first time like be um, in this area. But unfortunately, I never had a chance to participate or part of it. 
one of the things that you did a few years ago that a lot of people really enjoyed was you wrote a book, and the book was focused a lot on your weight loss journey, of course. Uh, there was a lot of material in there, I'm sure, that never made it into the book. Are there any plans currently for you to write any follow-up books? That is a good question. Honestly, uh, I was I was sitting here thinking why you had me on hold for the two minutes uh, that I was on hold. I was telling myself, should I talk about something similar about this? And I I told myself, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm a big believer in the I was like, yeah, you know, I told myself that's be get popped up. It did. So I guess I'll just go ahead and say this. Um, I have contemplated a lot recently, starting off part two, um, or a continuation, or quite possibly a, um, quote, deleted scene, in quote, scripture of a book to put together um, with stuff that was edited out, or possibly a post process or the pre-process. Um, I haven't figured out which direction I want to go next, but I will tell you this, that all three of them will happen. It's just that for the time being, um, all I have right now is just ideas. Um, the publishing company um, is on board that they're okay with So, um, once I can figure out which direction I'm going to go first, and um, we can go from there and forward with that. I definitely look forward to reading more about the journey, both pre and post. I think that's going to be an interesting series. Oh, one of the things that has been I think become more important in the last year and a half or so because of just the way the independent wrestling scene has had to work is cardio seems to be very important. A lot of people, uh, when gyms were closed, struggle to maintain conditioning and do the proper cardio just because of the stress of everything. A lot of people fell off. And when wrestlers have a long layoff, like a lot of them did, often cardio suffers with the layoff just because you're not in the ring getting ring conditioning. Did you uh, witness, like, people having cardio issues a lot? I know you weren't out for a very long time, but on shows that you were doing, did you sort of notice that industry-wide that there were people struggling with cardio, or do you think people did a pretty good job of maintaining? Um, well, I'll just say this. I struggled with it for a while. Um, however, uh, that was only because I had to, I'd, uh, I should say, um, I had to um, uh, take a trip down memory lane and say, okay, how does this go again? And once I did that, then I, I came fine. Um but uh, to me, like, uh, 
uh, pre-COVID, when I lost all my weight, I gained a lot of growth. And and I, I'm the honest, I did gain some weight back. That's just um, focused us. But the one thing I'm very fortunate enough that I can say is I did not really at all when it's cardio. Uh, I think it's one of those things once you find that, find where it stands to fit, um, then the best wants to play is you can get that. Um, and, and, and just in my, just in my, um, Walks in line. Can't really speak to others, but uh, I think those be the same too. Once they find where their cardio stands, um, within a sports circle, that everything else will eventually fall into place. Got the perfect shape for Bob. He's got to find out where that cardio is at. Now, as someone that has been around for as long as you have in the wrestling business, you've been to a lot of different venues, and as we know, if a promoter can fit a ring somewhere, they often do. So there's a lot of variances in the quality of the venues, the uh, type of venues that are used. You have outdoor venues, indoor venues, open-air type of venues. Usually a performer will have, like, a favorite place where they get to perform for whatever reason, be it the aesthetics, be it the uh, type of fan base that comes there, whatever reason it is. Do you personally have a favorite venue where you get to perform? Honestly, a lot of – there's only in the past, like, couple years, um, I've had – they haven't been a regular situation um, due to the, um, the exoticness involved with the venues. But um, MCIW had an event right at the beginning of 2020, and it was at the Marat Temple downtown, Indianapolis. Um, and that was an awesome venue. It's the same venue uh, that I watched on ECW. I watched Taz come back from ECW. Um, uh, come back from WWE yesterday and see ECW and Mike Awesome for the ECW Championship. Um, I've seen WWE NXT there tons of times in that same venue. And CIW fans for that venue for the Hall of Fame ceremony, which I was conducted in, and it was uh, for a wrestling show. So that was a pretty cool venue just to say that I did it. But obviously, mostly, this why is my assistant venue to add um, another one that was really cool was the 8-second balloon. Uh, the ICW Indianapolis Championship Wrestling uh, ran an event there. Um, and ICW, but yeah, they were the very first event since, like, uh, the owner of the film told us that was the first pro wrestling event that was out there.
Speaking of Saul Creechman, he, of course, manages you fairly often. Uh, he's been around for many, many, many years. You've come across your fair share of managers on the independent scene. Who would you say, and we'll put Saul in a conversation, of course, even though you might have a slight bias being that he is your manager, who would you say are some of the better managers that you've encountered over the years? Mm. Well, of course, the late great Robbie Cade, 
um, whenever we work singles competition, we are always each other's best friends. Um, we knew each other too well, uh, and we knew uh, our opponents too well. And that, um, I knew something that he didn't know for me, and vice versa. So there's never going to be a manager better than your tag team partner if you were a 25 pound tag team champion. That opinion, that is not a really biased opinion. I'm pretty sure that is like fast. I mean, like, just like if you ask, I'm sure to go above and beyond and ask you know, people like Bubble Bray and Devon Dudley, you know, they've worked singles competition and kind of advantage too. They're best managers in wrestling. You know, they're not going to say Stacey Keebler. They're going to say each other because each other knew each other better than uh, the next. So, uh, that that is probably more or less a, a fact than anything. That's what anybody can take and have somebody manage them in a non-tag match. Now, honestly, um, if I had to go with somebody besides somebody who I would be a tag partner with, I'm gonna probably have to go with. Don Creechman, I love him. He's got great knowledge and good at what he does. Uh, but back in, I want to say 2007, 2008, maybe, or even it was 2009, somewhere around that general time frame, uh, there was a company called TNW, Top Notch Wrestling. It ran out of school, 53 or more sizes. Um, it was ran by a gentleman by the name of Marty Colton. And there was a group that was formed, uh, a group that was known as uh, Royal Flush. And it was like myself, Star, Bouncer, Kincaid, Alonshek, maybe like that, TJ Kemp. And then uh, uh, our manager, and just just the, the stable itself, um, and the I mean we had people wait to kill us. That's how it was. Uh, and that people that scored us off the property and all this other stuff, like all stable. That's why we were like that at the time. We were like those type things for the area and nobody touches for falling. And uh, just with many working with everybody um, in that stable and managed like five or six times a night, he got to know everybody's ways, tricks, and he implemented everybody else's stuff with everybody's current stuff that was managing, which made him, I would say, probably uh, a pick of a litter, so to speak, for payment proof in these area at that time. So I would have to say probably it's probably gonna be my type two part. Well at this point my co host Q T is standing by and I know he has questions so I will pass things over to him. There's always a comedy question right Thank you, Sangai. Hello Mr. Rampage. Hello. Welcome back. Um, Mr. Rampage, I saw a YouTube video you were in entitled Rampage Radisson versus Jason Levi. 
officiated by referee Wayne Silver, posted pretty recently, uh, August 6, 2020. Now, Mr. Renzi, some people in the audience may have been put off by your verbose instance mute. For your next wrestling match, would you consider using something a little bit softer, like we've only just begun by the carpenters? No. Okay, how about Muskrat Love by Captain and Tennille? No. Okay. Well, Mr. Rampage, both you and Levi were wearing leather jackets, although yours was much more fancy with perhaps some rhinestones in it by a bedazzler designer, and Levi's jacket was more plain and simpler. The question is, is this a leather jacket that declared your members to a street gang for the Galloping Gooses. Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, it was Levi's jacket it was symbolizing a pledge member to the Galloping Gooses because he had no locker arms in the back of his jacket as all potential Try out gooses. Don't have none just yet. Give me a pledge. Gotcha. Oh, okay. I'm going to put the yeah. pledge. Okay, very good. Okay. Well, Mr. Rampage, in your match with Levi, both you and he, both you and Levi have similar builds. In fact, you can face off toe to toe to do some trash talking at the four minute mark of the match and it looked like you two were pretty much matching bookings. This is if you freeze the video at the four minute mark. Both of you are face to face and body to body almost. It did look like Levi had you by an inch in height. I'm guessing Levi goes six foot two, three hundred and fifteen. Am I close? Uh, no. No? Okay. All right. Well, speaking of four minutes, Mr. Rampage, did you know that the first time that a person ran under four minutes for the mile was Roger Bannister of England when, when at the age of 25, he ran it in three minutes, 59 seconds, and four-tenths of a second. And the current record is 3 minutes, 33.13 seconds by Hickman El Garut of Morocco. And he ran it in 1999. Did you know this? Did not. Sounds pretty interesting. I only mentioned this because some guy went over the topic of cardio with you. Very important. Cardio. No, oh, okay. Back of the mile of 400 yards or 400 meters, and they have to run it in 60 seconds. A minute. That's a minute in time. And can I have a minute of your time? They're very uh, symbiotic. All right. He wore a tank top that said God of War on his back. 
there any truth to the rumors from my wrestling sources out of Shelton, Washington, that he has a spare tank top in his wrestling gear bag that says on the back, Dean Vernon Wormer, Prince of Semi-Conflict, on the back? Uh, I don't know. Improper to um, uh, invade people's um, uh, bags, so I don't know. Okay. Now, speaking of Dean Wormer, if you could time travel yourself, with, uh, time travel is a frequent topic on this show, how well could you have done in a Hell in a, Hell in a Cell match against Daniel Simpson Day, who was on double secret probation for all incomplete classes? How well could you have done? Yeah, it's not really about how well I could have done, how well he could have done. Aha, uh-huh. okay. Would you yourself have a higher grade point average than Brother, brother Blutarski's 0. 0.0? Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Can we, ask, can we at Turnbuckle Turmoil ask what your favorite class was in high school? Favorite class? Uh, my favorite class was math. I was horrible at it. Okay, math, very good. Okay. Well, uh, Mr. Rampage, as you know, in the movie Animal House, Dean Wormer kicked the Delta House uh, people out of college for their grades, plus he notified the local draft boards that they were all eligible for the draft. My question is, do you believe that Delta brothers Robert Hoover and Eric Stratton could have made it through Marine Corps boot camp? That's my question. No. (laughs) Okay. How about Daniel Simpson Day? Could he have been successful in the Air Force Reserve? No. Okay, no. Okay, I'm marking this down. Okay. Mr. Redison, at the 6 minute and 56 second mark of the match, you can be seen stepping on Levi's neck and using the ropes for leverage as the referee counts to four. My question is, did Levi wear a dog collar neck brace after this match like Andy Kaufman had to use after his run-in with Jerry Lawler? Uh, I am am uncertain if that was the case. However, um, with as much pressure I put on there, he probably should have been. I see. Well, you did use your leg on his neck as like a fulcrum fulcrum point in physics, and you used the ropes for leverage and pressure. You said that you were good in math in high school, thus you demonstrated your knowledge of high school match in this match in my determination and analysis. Mm. I will not answer that at all. You're going to go unanswerable. <laughs> Can you tell us the name of your high school math teacher? Do you remember? Are you ready to laugh? Uh, yes, please. Mr. Seaman. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Mr. Mr. Seaman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. that's uh, okay. Well, you know now, Mr. Radisson, I served in the Coast Guard, and um, – 
every now and then they have to make announcement over the ship's intercom and we and the ranks are like uh when you go to boot camp you're a seaman recruit and then uh if you then you're a seaman apprentice when you graduate from boot camp and then uh, you hit a rank of E3 which is seaman well we had a uh a seaman uh, which is rank E3, and his last name was Staines, unfortunately. <laughs> and one day, <laughs> over the intercom, and this was in Key West, you could hear, now Seaman Staines report to the galley. Boy, that got a lot of laughs. Yes. Yep. We never called him by his last name over the intercom after that. Yes, just a little bit of history. Okay. Well, Mr. Radisson, Mr. Levi hit you with the spear at the 10 minute and 57 second mark of the match, and then he hooked your left leg for the pin. My question is, were you a big fan of Goldberg's spear yourself? Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Do you yourself, do you believe you per, you have more Goldberg like qualities in you, or more of the Undertaker qualities in you. Can we go like a fifty fifty with both? Oh, okay. I guess you could could do that. Okay. All right. Well, Mister Rampage, we usually don't ask this uh, ask this or uh, the, on this subject matter. But can you give us your prediction on who will be in the Super Bowl this year based on today's second game? Can you give us your uh, official? Uh, let's see. Hmm. I don't know. The, I'm going to say it's going to be uh, Buccaneers and the Chiefs again. Wow, a repeat. Okay, how about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Is this Ben Roethlisberger's last year in your prediction, Ben Roethlisberger? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. How about Tom Brady's last year? Do you do you think um, it'll be Tom Brady's? Yes. Oh, okay. Who do you think we're going in a hell and cell, Tom Brady or, or Ben Roethlisberger? Oh, Ben Roethlisberger, he's more tough than Brady. Brady's just a seat. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Mr. Rampage, it was nice uh, talking with you again, and I hope that you uh, may, are you some, you will hit the president of the Galloping Goose Motorcycle Club, and at this time I'm giving it back over to Sign Guy. Awesome. Oh, okay. Back to you, Sign Guy. Thank you, QT. All right. Well, Rampage, as you probably are aware, a few weeks ago, All Elite Wrestling came out with a show on Fridays that they call Rampage. How did you feel on AEW naming a show after you, and have you been approached or have you approached them about Rampage Radisson Wrestling on Rampage. No, but here's, here's something kind of funny. Remember back in like 2018, you know, Jericho was uh, 
being a nice uh, Samaritan and um, flaunting um, my uh, Rampage Radisson t-shirt all over social media, um, which got a lot of uh, uh, people messaging me what t-shirts and raving and so on and so forth. Um, uh, so I get to hang out with him uh, on September 27th. Uh, Chris Jericho, when his band comes here in town, I get to hang out with him again. And um, I'm going to ask him about that. I'm be like, did you have anything to do with that? I'm going to investigate. I mean, it would make sense. It would be a good fit, Rampage on Rampage. Mm-hmm. One of the more historical places for professional wrestling has been Puerto Rico. It also has been a controversial place because that's where Bruiser Brody was, of course, killed in the locker room. So a lot of American wrestlers, because of that, shied away from going there. But a lot of American and Canadian wrestlers continued to go to Puerto Rico and made very good full-time livings wrestling there. Is Puerto Rico a place that you have ever considered wrestling and wanted to try? I wouldn't be opposed against wrestling anywhere, really. Uh, I'd give everything a, a shot until it, until it uh, uh, rubs me the wrong way, um, so to speak. So, yeah, I'd be okay with trying that. And I do know for a fact it has been a really good, um, uh, a really good, a really good grounds on um, wrestlers who had no, who had no uh, name um, to start to establish one there. So, yeah, I'd be fine with that. Now, of course, Puerto Rico has a style more similar to American than. Uh, the Mexican style of Lucha Libre but in the last few years we've noticed a lot of the Mexican based Lucha Libre style of pro wrestling coming to the forefront on the independent circuit pretty much anywhere you go in the United States you can find an all Lucha Libre style group what do you think of the style of Lucha Libre, and is it a style that you enjoy being able to wrestle against? Yeah, I think it's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think sometimes a lot of people overlook, um, like, big guy wrestling or just just regular old school wrestling. um, With um, They overlook uh, those types of styles with Lucha Libre because Lucha Libre can get away with doing a lot of, like, stunts and spectacular moves where – you know, a lot of uh, old school guys, they, they keep stuff on the ground and they just uh, uh, bash and brawl, so to speak. Um, but as my uh, experiences of wrestling, uh, literally, with people, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, they're fun to work with. Um, and I, and I, I work with one, uh, I, I truly had any time. All the people that do is tell me, hey, I want you to work this guy. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm pretty mellow down to earth about stuff like that. Well, we've hit the part of the show where we have a game we like to play called Word Association. You have done this one before. I will throw out the names of some people you have come across in your career. First word or two that pops to your mind is the answer. Are you ready for some more Word Association? 
Sure, we can do it. All right, first one, Madman Pondo. Uh, best hardcore wrestler in the area. Gangrel. Uh, cool gimmick. Damian Cole. Who was it? Damian Cole. Oh. I remember Damian Cole with red hair way back in the day. They'll probably laugh about that because it's an interview. So that's how I remember Damian Cole. Big, bright red hair. Sexy Sean Casey. Most underrated talent in the area. Tommy Two Shoes. Definitely in the top five refs in the area. But I don't think he's number one. Bobo Brazil Jr. Uh, all around great everybody. Great company, great guy, great pasture, everything. Thunder Kitty. Well, she was my uh, she was my tag team partner at uh, Maria James' benefit not too long ago. Uh, we had a good time. The only time I've been in the ring with her, but she was uh, next to me and not uh, against against me, so it was good. I like Cousin her. Cooter. Uh, a friend. Never, never uh, been anything more. Never been anything less. Pogo. Oh. Very underrated person uh, in, in the ring. I love that guy. She'll go in more places than what he did. Final name, J.T. Branham. Uh, one of the most kindest, caring people in the wrestling business. I've always wanted to push everybody. Uh, that was new coming in to become the best person they can be. Um, and he was a great individual himself, so... One of the more thankless jobs in professional wrestling has long been that of the ring announcer. They are the face of the company. They are who fans rightly or wrongly see as some sort of authority figure oftentimes that shows. Uh, They get people to know where they can find the next show, how they support the shows, all of that. They have a very, very important role, but oftentimes promoters don't truly appreciate it, and they will just send out anybody that happens to be around to do ring announcing, which often shows in the final product. Who would you say are some of the better ring announcers out there that promoters should be considering more often? Uh... I don't know. That's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, I don't know if I got an answer uh, for that. Um, at least not really for in this area. Um, Jimmy Cam's always been good. He's been in. He's in the Indiana area. He definitely is very good, for sure. Oh, he is for sure. Jimmy Jam is definitely for sure. Uh, not used a lot because he's costly. He's done money. He's, or he's done gigs. You know, for 
ESPN and HBO and stuff like that. So he, he has a price tag to him, but definitely one of the better ones, the best one in my opinion. But like I said, he's not around also because of his price. So one of the more famous ring announcers of the last twenty years or so has been Lillian Garcia, the famous WWE ring announcer. She was known, of course, as the person that would often sing the national anthem at the WWE shows. Uh, She did a little bit of interviewing, but her most well-known role, of course, was ring announcer at the time of the Attitude Era. What were your thoughts on Lillian Garcia's work? Oh, I've always liked her work. She was remarkable. Love her work. Now, earlier this week, we unfortunately lost a member of the Indiana independent wrestling family. Austin Fury left us, and it affected a lot of people on the independent circuit in the Midwest, of course. Uh, a lot of people are having a tough time with this one. Did you personally get a chance to work with Austin Fury and have an opinion on how he was as a performer? I do not, unfortunately. Um, I had talked with somebody earlier today, um, a good friend of mine, my name was Scott, um, and I uh, talked to him and, uh, and, and told him, uh, you know, I had never... On 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 the behalf of Austin Fury, I, I I wish I could have known him more or, or had more of an opinion or had more experience. Uh, but unfortunately, I went into a BM, uh, BMFX uh, event in uh, Lafayette, Indiana, uh, about this time last year, and I he was on that show, and I attended the event. I wasn't on the um, and he was he was on the card, and I watched bits and pieces of his match. I didn't watch it all. Um, but I never had the experience of being in the locker room with him, never really had the experience of watching him work, never really had the experience of uh knowing how he was, uh, morale wise. I I didn't get I didn't know any of that. So unfortunately, um God bless his soul and uh his family and everybody affected. Um they do know people people need to realize that um mental health is a huge issue. Um, it's, uh, affects a lot more people in this world than what you think. Um, I, myself, back in my late twenties, or excuse me, late teens, early twenties, used to deal with a lot of mental issues. Um, but by the good grace of God and a bunch of medication, I overcame those. Um, and from time to time, I still have, uh, I still have issues, um, but not as extreme as they used to be. Um, so just, I just want to really stress to everybody, tell everybody out there that maybe listening to this or is going to listen to the recording at a later time. Mental health is a very serious situation. Um, please, unless you know the situation that somebody is going through in their life, don't judge them in a way that's going to be negative because they could be going through one of the worst things that had ever happened to them and still put on a smile and then you go and say something negative or derogatory that was not in a sense of approval by them, the next thing you know, 
those negative, the negative stuff that's going on in their life has just resurfaced, and you could be the reason why that person decides to um, take matters in their own hands, and in a negative sense, not a positive sense. So just, just people just need to be kind. Just be kind and just think about something. If you want to say something snooty about somebody, uh, you know, underneath your breath um, or um, uh, as you're walking away from them, say something, fine, say something. Don't, don't, make it, don't make it to their attention because it just takes one, one little trigger just to send that person uh, sideways. And then once they do that, then you just never know what road or path they're going to take their life on. And once they do, sometimes it's too late to realize that and to put a stop to it. So I want to personally just um, tell the family and friends and everybody out there um, that uh, I, from experience, know what he went through to a certain extent, um, and I want to show my uh, I want to show my sympathy and tell them I'm sorry for everything that had happened with him. Uh, I want to apologize for the people that was bad to him, and I want to apologize for the people that was rude to him. Um, on their behalf, uh, despite the fact that I know none of them, because there's a trigger of some sort that set that man um, in the wrong direction, and that should have never happened. You know, I'm not going to lie. There's times where I just, like, somebody's just so rude and snotty to me, I just think to myself, and that's just it. I think to myself, you son of a gun. And I just, that's it. I think it to myself. I don't say it to them because that, that can trigger all some bad emotion and make things go south quick. I don't ever say it, though, because it's not proper, and I'm not going to be that person that's responsible for that person's emotions and the way they handle business. So just people just need to, like, think before they talk or just don't talk at all or keep comments to themselves or just be kind, be nice. There's a problem with the world. Nobody's nice anymore. If, if people were more nicer, then, you know, the suicide rate and, and, and mental health issues would be minimized completely. So I I won't I just uh I just want to end that with that. Very, very well said. Well we have a few minutes left of the show today and I want to give that to you. If there's anything you would like to say to the listeners in closing, plug and promote anything and everything, social medias, merchandise, upcoming appearances, your favorite barbecue restaurant, whatever you'd like, floor is yours. All right. So uh, rampageradison.com is where you can purchase all my merchandise. Like I stated earlier in the interview, the website is currently down. It is getting remodeled because I, I, I can do so much, and then I know somebody else can do so much better. So it's being remodeled. So once it's back up, um, uh, everything can be for purchase. It's got tons of merch on there. I've expanded it to insulated mugs and a whole bunch of other awesome neat contraptions um uh, in the meantime just message me on facebook and uh, we can uh, go through facebook and go through me personally and send you my uh paypal account link and if you want to purchase any merchandise that's fine as well um uh, really the only place i'm wrestling right now due to um travel issues um that's uh beyond my control um is a company out of indianapolis indiana called thunder and blender the next show is October 30th, um, and it will be at the Outlaw Arena in Indianapolis, Indiana, Kentucky Avenue. 
Uh, doors open at 6.30, bell times at 7. Once again, that's Thunder and Blender Wrestling. It's a great promotion. They had top-tier talent at the last event, and I just, that was a great locker room to be in. Um, also want to um, plug uh, uh, that um, I cut out a little bit of my season ticket holder time with the Indianapolis Colts today for the, the fans out here and for uh, uh, turmoil. So just to let you know, I do care about other people and uh, things. Uh, last, I, last I remember, the Colts were losing 24-27 to to the Rams, which that's okay because the Rams was my third favorite team. So I, I the, whoever wins in that situation is win that for me anyways. So regardless, uh, that's all I got to plug. And I want to thank uh, Stein Guy and his uh, co-hosts for having me on and uh, – Hit me up on social media, on uh, Instagram, on um, uh, Twitter, which is very used less often, but Instagram and Facebook is used quite frequently. Um, uh, I, it's uh, Rampage Radisson, and I'm a huge concert attender and goer, so you'll see a lot of live videos or a lot of concerts that I attended. So um, check me out and get with me, and let's, uh, let's commit. Rampage Radisson, as usual, it has been a pleasure to have you today. We want to thank you for taking the time. I know you had to step away from the game, so we definitely appreciate you doing that for us. Always appreciate it whenever you have the time to be with us. And best of luck. Hopefully the website's up and running soon and we can get some Rampage merchandise. All right, fans, definitely if you have not done so, go Look up Rampage Radisson on the YouTubes. Make sure you pay close attention for when the next book comes out. Uh, Got a couple coming out, and the first one was great, so be on the lookout for that. And we'll be back next week. Next Friday, we have Dwayne Dixon, referee out of Ohio, with us. And then we will be back, of course, one week from today as well, so make plans to be with us. We'll talk to you soon. Whoa!